Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Press with Eric Raditz, and I'm Eric, and we are coming to you uh, from Southwest Florida, where we talk about fun things going on in the realms of arts and entertainment and film. And every once in a while, we get a chance to talk to someone quite outstanding and profoundly uh, profoundly creative. Uh, we have with us today, Molly Halam. Molly, are you there? I am. Hi. How are you? Molly is a graduate of Dartmouth College and an independent Los Angeles-based producer. She just premiered Alice Engler's debut feature, Bad Behavior, which stars Academy Award winner Jennifer Connelly and BAFTA Award winner Ben Whishaw in the World Competition at Sundance Film Festival, uh, followed by uh, the Florida premiere at Fort Myers Film Festival, where we got a chance to see it here. Prior to that, her independent career, she was the head of film and TV of award-winning global production company I Can Class. And prior to that, ran the U.S. shingle of French production company Legend Films, led by Academy Award-nominated producer Elaine Goldman. Uh, with Legend, she executive produced Sundance premiering The Mustang by Laura D. Claremont. Tonnerre, I'm sorry. Yeah, with that's focus, great. Okay. <laughs> focus features. And also worked on Netflix's The Spy by Gideon Raff, starring Sasha Baron Cohen. Her passion is working with early career filmmakers, underrepresented voices, and stories that inspire social change. Please welcome me, Molly. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being a part of it. You know, a lot of people uh, in the Florida area uh, kind of have no idea of just how involved you are uh, internationally and you're out of Los Angeles and, and they got a chance to see your work uh, with bad behavior. And so, and that's where I kind of got introduced to you as well, to be honest, full transparency. Uh, I remember seeing it. Uh, I believe it was, in, I believe it was in park city. I think it was maybe temple theater uh, or I, I, I don't exactly remember what, I think it, I got watched the second screening but I believe yeah, you, were, you, one of you, those. <laughs> you were there and Jennifer was there and Ben and uh and uh Dasha and I met a bunch of fun folks and I said you know I really want to play this at the Fort Myers Film Festival and fast forward we got a chance to see it here um you know the questions I'm most curious about might not be what you want to most talk about so please steer me in a, <laughs> in a different direction but you know, with your being so involved with uh, pr production companies and in in films, and uh, and now with the Sundance uh, feature, bad behavior, uh, where where does your passion currently rest, and how did you get to this point? If 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 you allow me to start there, sure. Like, kind of how to how did I get to where where I am today? In a nutshell, well, it seems like that's a very kindergarten question, but yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I guess I'll say that um, I didn't really dream of working in this profession as a child. Um, I yeah. think a lot of people in this business say that, you know, they've always wanted to be an actor. They've always wanted to be a director. Um, and I've always enjoyed stories and storytelling, but I can't say that I honestly knew that making movies was a profession or it crossed my radar. <laughs> Wow. Um, my dad was in the military. My mom was a homemaker. So it wasn't really something I had thought about. And um, I had actually the really good fortune of um, living in France briefly, thanks to uh, a very informal exchange that came way of my my best friend who had a French foreign exchange student there. The French girl's family had invited me to spend some time with them. And I just sort of continued studying French largely because I didn't really know exactly wanted to, what I wanted to do with my life. And um, 
I took in college a French new wave cinema class that really kind of opened my eyes up to cinema and looking at cinema as an art form. And, and, um, and that sort of kind of was like a bit of the inspiration. And then I had another really dear friend, Michael Rios, who I went to high school with, who was already, who went to NYU and was already starting to work in film stuff and, you know, started to kind of ask him questions about, about the industry and he'd done a few internships already and and um kind of then went from there to sort of um try to make contact with folks in the business um and um when i moved out to los angeles i had a uh, an internship with denise denobi's company she is a longtime producer who has actually now directed a few things, but at the time she was in production in um, Jesus and Ramona franchise. I have a very young Selena Gomez and Joey King in it. And she had mm-hmm. just kind of come off of producing the sisterhood of the traveling pants, which is a, you know, very well-known book yeah. and a very well-known and successful movie. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of, I thought it would be a fun thing to try out for a bit. I finished college in 2009, which wasn't the best time to be looking for a job. So it (laughs) sort of started off as a why not? Like, let's do something fun for a bit and turn, you know, sort of like didn't look back actually after that. So, well, that's it's remarkable. And I'm glad I asked that kindergarten question because we got so much out of that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. It kind of explains a little bit, you know, and, you know, fast forward to 2023 now, um, what was it like to be, you know, maybe can you talk about being accepted, accepted to Sundance? You know, was that something you anticipated? No, I mean, listen, I I had a film, the Mustang play at Sundance before, but not in competition. And that time around was a little bit more expected only because the filmmaker had done a lot of the Sundance labs and was already in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually hadn't finished the film. Um, and one of the Sundance programmers had reached out to Alice Englert, the filmmaker of bad behavior, knowing that the project had existed and, um, and was being was imposed and wanted to see a cut of the film. And we, we hadn't actually even locked picture yet at that point. So we sort of were like, well, do we show a work in progress? Will that be demoralizing if we don't get in? Um, And Alice is just a very, even though this is her first feature, a very mature filmmaker and was ready to sort of face the firing squad if we didn't get in. Um, And so we decided to make the call to, to actually show it to the, the programmers. And then when we got the invitation, it was quite, quite exciting but then we sort of had a sprint to the finish and a really condensed actually the version we showed at Sundance the sound mix hadn't even been done oh, <laughs> so oh really we had to kind of rushed to get it in a somewhat presentable form um for that film but yeah we were on track to deliver the movie in April so we really had to kind of sprint through the holidays um to get it finished the your this, this decision to be involved with this film um it i kind of want to know uh what when you started to want to be involved and and what it was like getting involved because you know when i see the end product it's very easy i think for people to be like well for me to say wow that was you know it was really a great film and i you know 
but how how do you pick through and sort through what you want to do i guess is what i'm getting at how do you how did you determine that was one you wanted to be involved with yeah that's a great question um i don't know i think every producer has a different way of becoming involved in a project me personally i have to feel sort of personally compelled by the material and i think Mm. that that's such a vague way of describing it and i couldn't tell you like oh i'm looking for this kind of movie or that or sometimes i can't pinpoint why i don't respond to movies so that's sort of like number one like the material has to kind of speak to me uh number one and number two then this business is very like human relationship oriented so i have to you know, really like and trust the filmmaker and, and, and vice versa. They have to like and trust me and, and sort of make sure we see the same movie. So um, I, I got in, bad behavior came to me in a kind of a funny way. Um, I had met Alice because sort of on the heels of doing the Mustang, I had a pretty good relationship with Focus Features and we had spoken about potentially doing a launch pad sort of shorts um, program um featuring new filmmakers um and sort of doing a a larger budget short film that focus would back and feature and they would be mentored similar to like a Sundance model mentored by industry professionals producers and other filmmakers um and uh that would sort of be a nice proving ground for early career filmmakers that they, that focus which is you know part of the universal and studio and very risk averse company um like many studios are you know could sort of um find the folks that they want to work with without putting in millions of dollars as a first step um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was in 2020 so i had gone to sort of like sundance in 2020 looking at that and sort of thinking at that like at the end of 2019 2020 and obviously with the pandemic and the sort of disastrous effects it had on all businesses uh, but particularly our business that program went by the wayside but Alice was one of the filmmakers that had sort of just been highlighted to me by her agents um and um I you know, really felt, I really enjoyed the conversation I had with her and the shorts that I had seen of hers. And sort of when I had told her the news that, that the program wasn't going to really exist. And um, I sort of left the door open and was like, hey, if there's anything else you're working on, I'd love to stay in touch. And it was a very sort of uncertain time on like when things were going to get back going. And and we did, we stayed in touch. Alice is uh, New Zealand based. Um, So this is all happening via Zoom. And and in a funny way, the pandemic normalized sort of that kind of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, So we stayed in touch and she shared me a very early draft of the script that I really enjoyed. It like needed a fair amount of work, like many first drafts of first time filmmakers need or any filmmaker needs. But I thought that the script had so many emotions in it pain funny you know humor um irony and was quite ambitious and um was just very mature and it wasn't like anything I had ever read I know Jennifer Connolly says that a lot in her um her interviews and I'll say the same thing like it just the rhythm of the script 
was unconventional, but it felt so fresh and so vibrant. Mm-hmm. The characters really felt full alive and, and like real people in a way that I hadn't seen much in writing. I think sometimes for better or for worse, like Hollywood can kind of fall into sort of formulaic yeah. um, approaches to movies. And this, this movie in a way kind of challenged and scared me a bit because it wasn't very conventional in its structure, but just had such like a really full world. Um, and Alice and I really just loved talking to each other Um and so, you know, we had sort of given notes back and forth to each other and, and spoken about the script in like very loose terms for almost a full year. And at some point, you know, I was like, wow, like, I think that the script is in good, a good shape. And I, we had never sort of formally spoken about me being involved as a producer because again, like nobody really knew when things were going to get produced again. And Alice was on set when she went back to set, she was on a, a Showtime television show, Dangerous Liaisons, as a lead, uh, for, as an actress. Oh. And as that was sort of like winding down, it was kind of like, well, what do we do now? And I was like, listen, I'd, I'd love to produce it, but I'm not really sure if I have the tools to be the best producer, the only producer, because um, the benefit that Alice has is she is a Kiwi. She's also an, an Aussie. So she's half New, New Zealander, <laughs> half Aussie. And, Mm-hmm. Um, those both of those countries support early career filmmakers and, and filmmaking and I'm like listen well we need to sort of tap into those resources because coming out of the pandemic it's going to be harder than ever to to get projects going so let's try to get as much money on our side as we can mm-hmm. um, so yeah so we kind of linked arms then and then also welcomed um, Desiree Armstrong who's a fantastic producer New Zealand based producer join us and and kind of you know went off to the races uh together to to cast and and find uh find the financing casting and financing is a is kind of where it was going to go next it's interesting you went there because i mean the financing side i mean everyone always kind of wonders especially uh aspiring filmmakers who you know come to the festival uh you know full transparency is is the director of the Fort Myers film festival a lot of a lot of filmmakers come through and they don't have maybe the resources or the connections and they start to question and 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 this and it's really you know while you can point them in the direction it is a little bit like your relationship with Alice where it just kind of things click and doesn't sound like you were in on you know a super big return on investment per se although that would always be yeah. nice you like the project you come from an arts background and you like Alice and you like the story um I mean, a little bit of finance would be fun to to as to what advice to give the filmmakers looking for finances, but maybe more than that. Yeah. How you should, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that a little bit or. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll have to say that financing a project, big or small, is hands down always the hardest mm-hmm. part of, at least for me. And I, I think that most people would say that is probably the most challenging part of making a project. Um, some people are lucky enough and doesn't necessarily make their job any easier to have sort of a natural pipeline. So some sort of an overall deal where they have a buyer sort of in their back pocket, who's like, we're looking for this, you know, or Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they have a deal with the publisher where they're getting books and stuff and anything that's kind of a proven entity makes things like a little bit easier, but, um, 
It's always hard to raise money. It's sort of like I tell people it feels like building a startup company from the ground up each time, every project. And I don't find it necessarily easier to raise a few million dollars than it is to raise a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, I think it's actually sometimes harder to um, raise financing for smaller budgets just because smaller films there's a sort of a break-even point where if you're making it for pennies the dollars you know it does show on screen um not necessarily the equipment you can afford but just sort of the time you can have for coverage and at some point you know um you don't want to go too low because then it will always feel like a student film and it will never sort of like feel legitimate enough for a major buyer to step in and and that's sort of how money comes to the table right they sort of the money people look at the risk and make an analysis on like do i think i can get my money back at some point which in this business it's never a guarantee and it's often often they won't so i guess my best advice is is like when people are putting money in a project there's always it's it's as a producer as a filmmaker it's sort of nice to know or to do your homework on like what people are looking for and that like don't bother people who are like you know are looking for religiously angled movies with a slasher horror you know like Mm -hmm. don't knock on the like try to knock on all doors but don't knock on doors that you know for sure won't open because you can wear out your welcome really quickly you know Mm -hmm. um and that's the lesson I think I've learned. It's like, you can't just splatter everything everywhere. You have to kind of keep your ear to the ground on what people are looking for. Mm. Um, and that goes the same, even for sort of like private investors, like there's always, in my opinion, an angle for appeal. So maybe your story takes place in Florida and you know, the investor is based in Florida or uh, maybe the story um, you know, has horses in it. And you know, you know, the person's, daughter is a champion horse rider or you know there's always some sort of an appeal that you can make to mm-hmm. people and and um usually especially in, in the indie world there's sort of like a personal heartstring element um and then I think the other bit of advice I can do is sort of like put yourself in the financier's position it's a lot of money that they stand to lose so like what is the upside for them like what can you offer them that can reassure them Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is like working with a trusted sales company or, you know, if you have yep. the privilege of being able to get a certain level of talent to the table. Um, and, you know, that usually feels safe because as an early career filmmaker, people might be investing in your idea and your vision, but you are an unproven entity. So anybody you can kind of link arms with, whether it's a producer or talent or, sales companies that have a good solid track record that's going to give the money people confidence that you're going to one finish the movie and that it'll be something that might make money or might make its money back and then if that person is just a wealthy person who doesn't expect to have their money back like what are the things that are going to make them excited or happy you know visiting them on set is is there a particular actor or that they want to see in the movie that you can maybe get to maybe they want to give their granddaughter or their grandson like a bit role and that's something that's sort of a trade that can be done so just trying to figure out like how you can kind of appeal to the person 
with money or, you know, if it's not like a traditional buyer and then for a traditional buyer really to sort of like try to limit your sales pitches to the ones that you actually feel like might get listened to and don't try to, you know, be too used car sale and push mm. something that people, you know, are not going to ever want. Um, and yeah. it's hard because it's sort of like things are changing. People will want different things all the time. So, um, you know, that's always a moving target and that it's, it's easier said than done. <laughs> I, I am sure. I'm sure. It's like, uh, and that, and that's, you know, that's one thing I think I took away most from, I don't know if you ever go to American film market in um, Santa yeah. Monica. Yeah, and it's like, you know, of, of all that I learned, it's kind of like, if there's no real star in it, um, there's really limited, uh, you know, options. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, it seems like now they're kind of tearing their film, like a script with like, kind of like a first, first shoot, like short, and then trying to get names associated and trying to, yeah. and then trying to reapproach investors. Can you tell me, did you do something like when did, for, if you don't mind my asking, you know, if to answer not to get your business, but like, when did you get Jennifer and Ben, you know, cause those are big names. Yeah. Um, Ben came on relatively early, but, um, Alice has a relationship with Ben, um, a pre-existing gotcha. relationship with Ben and Ben actually was starred in one of Alice's short films. So, um, I'll say that like, legally speaking, his deal was sort of the last one that we did just cause we knew humanly he was in and it was sort of like, if he was available and there wasn't another thing to do, okay. then he was sort of <laughs> happy to support her. Okay. Um, <laughs> So that that was nice because Ben, you know, is an actor's actor. I and I, I think that, that yeah. other actors and just even other people were sort of like supportive of or excited by the project with his involvement. And it was nice for Alice, too, because she it's an actor that she sort of had already a language with and has worked with before. So it gives her that level of confidence for the first film. And sure. Um, and Jennifer came to the table sort of the way that a lot of people do. Uh, we had sent the script out to a few actors who didn't engage for various reasons, got some really lovely passes and some, yeah. you know, submissions. I'm not sure if the person ever actually read the script or not, but, it, you know, didn't turn out to work out and um, was sort of then you know, pivoted to sort of put my ear to the ground and say, okay, who might be wanting to um, do a movie like this? Um, that is not going to be a big paycheck. That's going to be filming on the other side of the world. Um, right. <laughs> who might be interested in this? And you just sort of don't necessarily know. You've just got to call and ask around. So I called and asked, you know, a few talent agents and um, somebody had tipped me off that, Jennifer had added to her team Zach Kaplan, who's a junior agent at CAA, who does a lot of indie films. Um, and hmm. um, I was like, okay, let me call Zach. And <laughs> I, mean, like, I called Zach and Zach was like, yeah, like in theory, like she would be open to this. She definitely wants to take some risks with her career. She's very busy. Like, let's get it to her. And Alice wrote her. And I, I always suggest this to filmmakers. It's like, you know, like write a personal note. Alice had written her a really lovely personal handwritten note that I scanned. Oh, <laughs> that oh that's was barely awesome. legible. So I also typed it up in case she couldn't read it, her scrawling. Uh, and she drew her like a little picture and just sort of, you know, um, and and sort of once we heard that Jennifer might be open to a movie like this, we really got excited by her because um 
Lucy, the lead character in the film, is a a former actor, child actor, you know, as is Jennifer. And I think that Jennifer um, really responded to sort of like that character's trauma and, Mm and saw, you know, sort of how to bring some emotional truth to that character. So we honestly, I when Alice and I sort of when her name was evoked, we were like, wow, isn't Jennifer too young to be <laughs> playing the mother of a 20 year old? Yeah. Um, but if she's not scared to sort of like do that, then she would be perfect. Um, and it's sort of the only reason why we hadn't really thought of her before. Um, because, you know, Jennifer's just like a powerhouse and was coming off of yeah. Top Gun and stuff. So we, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have necessarily have thought she was attainable uh, myself, um, but she read it and liked it. Met with Alice, talked through the script, and um, yeah, um, made yeah. it work. Uh, She's a very busy lady, but we snuck her in between um, the Top Gun press and Snowpiercer, uh, the television show she was doing the last season of. So oh, yeah, wound up wound up working out um, oh, just barely. God. I mean, we barely had enough time to get her in, but. Um, you know, the, it, it, you know, just sort of felt meant to be after the fact, but um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily like a straight line to her either. Um, it's, it's hard to cast for everyone. You know, it was one of those films when I was watching it, I remember, because a lot of times I'll say, um, I, I, I played a little game called, how would I pimp out this film? Like, what would I, what would I change about it? You know, I think I, I yeah. don't know if everyone thinks, yeah. And a lot of times, sure. like if I could, if I could, if I could pick a different star, yes, um, what would the film have been like? Yeah, and and you know what, with with this film, I I I can't pick anyone but Jennifer. She was so perfect, and I and I and knowing her background and knowing what what she probably meant for her to be a part of this film, and who she yeah. played alongside. You know, I loved Ben. I loved Dasha. Actually, I didn't. I mean, Dasha, I saw on. Um, I think I saw her on Secession like probably a month after I saw her at Sundance too. And she was great as yep. well. And the whole, the whole interaction. And I just remember thinking, you know, and this is, this is really my problem when it comes to loving films is I generally love the films that aren't like, you know, mass appeal. And I'm not saying yep. yours is not mass appeal, but you have to kind of be the gal who studied in Paris and who worked under, you know, folks in Atlanta who's got appreciation for the art of, you know, like you, you're so it's sensitive. not a straightforward film. Yeah, it's not yeah, a straightforward it's great. film. It's yeah. so great, though, but I loved it. And and I loved so much. Uh, and I'm like, oh, God, this is so good and quirky and fun and weird. And and uh, but but she 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 did so great. And then she was great. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the other actors who we were thinking of were all incredible actors. Yeah. But Everybody it would have been a totally different film for each of them. And um, I don't think necessarily better or worse, but I think that Jennifer yeah. bought, brought real tragedy to the totally. character of Lucy yeah. that I loved um, because she's kind of an unlikable character. So you have well, to kind of see the sorrow in there too. Um, I think that on the page, she could have come off and being brought to life as a bit sort of like a jerk, you know, and well, um I think that Jennifer really brought a lot of vulnerability to Lucy that was needed. Yeah. Well, and you know, her, her, a lot of times I'll, I'll also find, um, I'll, I'll ask myself if I, if I could write the right, the best role for an actor and actress, what would it be? And I think that for her, 
you always ask that. Like you've, we've seen her in a lot, you know. Yes. And you, you kind of always wonder what would be the best role. And I think she really explored the the the, the space a lot in ways that I've never seen her do anything before. And that made it really fun for me. You know, I agree. A, yeah. I mean, know? how do you take an actor who's been working since she was, I think, like 13 years of age and has like been constantly working and do give something different? And yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't think I've ever seen Jennifer give like this role before. And great. I think that Jennifer often in more recent history has sort of played like the pretty, pretty girl love interest or kind of like a stoic beauty um, which she's gorgeous. So I could understand why people would want to cast her as a stoic beauty. But um, Jennifer really like gave it her all and let her hair down and really trusted us to sort of like have her very yeah, unmade, <laughs> you know, and very yeah. and just sort oh, of like do some really fun things. And um, and I think that's a testament to Alice and Alice really making Jennifer yeah. feel comfortable. I can't really the take whole... credit for that. Um, Alice really did went above and beyond to sort of like um, allow Jennifer to kind of go there um, or not, you know, when she didn't well, want to either, you know? Um, oh, so well, there was a comfort level you could see there. Yeah. And I, I saw it at the Q&A afterwards, but I, even during the film, you kind of see... She, you could, you could just tell she took this role for reasons other than just she wasn't just looking to do, you know, she's already made it big, so it's, that wasn't yep. bad. She wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, this is gonna get me an Oscar, maybe or maybe you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it was more of a, I like this, I like, I like doing this, and and we like watching yep. you like doing. I don't know, I can't, but I don't want to yeah. run out of time without mentioning where we might be able to screen or find it or 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 screen or, and find you. Um, because um, listeners kind of want to know where, where where can we expect to or where could we you know eventually see bad behavior yeah. down the road? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is that I don't a have question? a yeah. No, that's a great question. I don't have release dates here for the U.S. Okay. yet. Okay. Uh, we did just release in Australia and New Zealand, um, and Gosh. we are releasing in the U.K. in January. Um, okay. So I would hopefully hope soon. Yeah, I think it probably will be March here in the U.S. And okay. I'll definitely keep you posted on that. But um, as of yet, I can't say an exact date, but okay. probably around March here in the U.S. Okay. Well, let us know. Um, before we go, I, sometimes we play a little game, and this game is called What Would Molly Do? Um, uh, okay. Because we all approach you know, these things in our life differently and how we would react and respond. And, and if you'll play along, I have uh, three three questions for you. Sure. Okay. Okay. So the question is, what would Molly do? Um, Molly, you are given a budget of $4 billion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to produce only one film and to have anyone in that film that you like, what would the film be and who would be in it? Ooh, that's a great question. Thanks. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can say who would be in it acting wise, although there's many, many, many actors that I'm dreaming to work with. Um, but I'm really dying. I had a project in development for a while that I don't know will ever get revived with uh, the lovely Britt Marling, who now is directing. Uh, she was she created a show on Netflix called The OA and now has a series that's on FX right now called The Murder at the End of the World. And Oof. also kind of came from the Sundance subset um she did another wrote another movie called another earth and she finds a way since you said four billion dollars um I'm not yeah, really a huge sci-fi world building person um 
myself. However, if I were to give a huge budget to somebody to build a world of sci-fi, I'd love to give it to Brit and see what she brings to life because okay. she's so good at grounded sci-fi. Um, and she has just such a brilliant mind. So um, that's, I think that's what I would do. All right. Well, shout out to, to Brit uh, Marling. Um, let's see if we can make that happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number two, you are, uh, you were, you're going to the store for groceries. You come out and it's pouring rain. Do you, uh, do you a wait for it to let up a bit? Uh, B, power through Gene Kelly style, singing in the rain all the way to your car. Uh, C, break down and cry. Or or, <laughs> D, or D, something totally different. I think I'd power or, through it. I'm a Florida girl. Yeah. Rain doesn't yeah, scare okay. me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like it's water. LA, it's water. But, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think I'd be fine. It depends, okay. like, what sort of goods I have with me and if they get ruined by the, the water. But I think I'd power through it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, lastly, there is a movie that is made about you. Um, what would the movie be called, and who would star as you? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I hope that I'm. There's never a movie made about me. That would be a very Why? boring movie. No, I doubt um, it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, I mean, I have red hair. A lot of people sort of like tell me every now and then that I look like um, Amy Adams a little okay. bit. So maybe okay. it would be Amy Adams. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. And then, but the, what yeah. would be called? And what, what would, would the called? movie be called? The title. Gosh, I don't know. Um, really? Too much pressure? It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the indie producer that that could the little engine that could the little engine that <laughs> the, could the indie producer that could maybe i don't know yeah the one the, it'll be the story of me pulling together this five billion dollar movie that um you know that i maybe will be capable of doing one day <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, all right yeah. all right fair enough fair enough well um it's been great chatting with you. We have to thank our sponsors, uh, the Fort Myers Film Festival. Uh, be sure to submit your film and save the dates May 26, 22nd to 26th and 2024 uh, to Hilfiker Missions. Go to hilfikermissions.net, Riverside Realty Group, buy a home here in Southwest Florida, riversidefl.com, and to Clarity Certified Public Accounts. Thank you so much, Molly. You get the final word. Uh, last word, what do you say? How do we get a hold of you or follow you? Oh, um, you can follow me. I've got an Instagram, Myrtlina, M-Y-R-T-L-I-N-A. It was a silly nickname somebody gave me. There's Myrtalina. no explanation of that. <laughs> and um, I don't have a website or anything. Um, they could probably reach out to you and get my email or go on MTV okay. Pro. I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being part of this, Molly. And we will uh, see you here for all fun things to do in Southwest Florida. Southwest Florida Fresh Press with me, Eric Reddits. See you guys later. Thanks, Molly. We'll see you around. Thanks, Eric. Okay. Bye-bye.